0: paradise, and then ended after a short incline, apparently having reached the sky itself, though only because the hill was too steep to reveal the open land beyond. After that, tracks led across country, one to Mount of Zeal Farm, a mile and a half away, the others to the sheep moors, spreading and clambering across stony outcrops. Her mother could not have heard the trunk opening. Perhaps she did not know about her interest in the trunk at all, was Rosie's thought whenever she went to it. The first layer was of two folded winter blankets, the next of saved baby clothes, all for a girl. There had been four boys, and by the time the clothes had got down to Ted, the afterthought, they were all wear and patches, but Rose was the only daughter. Her infant and small girl clothes formed a beautifully washed and pressed and folded layer with sheets of brown paper separating them from the bedding. Now she moved them aside carefully. Did her mother know? Rose had never seen her look in the trunk other than to take out the winter blankets when the weather hardened. At the very bottom were two hand-embroidered pillowcases and a small white tablecloth with drawn threadwork, all given to Rose by her great-aunt Etta a few days before she had died. You put them safe away. Her paper-dry hand had pressed down on Rose's soft young one. Never used, never once, I kept them for my own bottom drawer, and bottom drawer was where they stayed, there being no marriage. Why not? Rose had not yet grown embarrassed to ask such things openly. In her mind, her great-aunt's would-be husband must have been killed in the war, or died of a wasting disease or a tropical fever. No man never asked me. which had silenced her. She had stared at the old face and chin-warts and bristle into the flat, discoloured eyes, half-hidden deep below the lids, and the flaking baldness through the veil of hair, and— Although of course she had known in her head that Etta had once been young and without these defects, the ninety-four-year-old and youth had still been unimaginable partners. I might have had more. I don't remember. I knew I had towels. I must have given those away. I had a satin nightdress case, and I did give that away, once it was clear my chance had gone. I don't know why I kept these. I don't remember you should have them rose for your bottom drawer you can never begin too soon there's so much to gather or how is a married home to be started your chances are all waiting ahead of you when she had got home to lower terrace with the parcel her mother had been out helping a neighbour newly home from hospital, so Rose had been able to take the things upstairs and hide them in the trunk, but also served as a clothes horse and a seat in the front bedroom. It was not a secretive nature, but only embarrassment that had made her want the things kept from Evie, at least for the time being. A bottom drawer had a meaning beyond itself, to do with things of which Rose was only just becoming fully aware and with which she was not yet at ease. The house was quiet, save for the bump and churn of the wash tub. Her mother had called her, but she had pretended not to hear. She had just a minute or two to herself, and such minutes were rare enough. The men were always on different shifts, and if two were nights, then the bedrooms were crammed full of sleepers. Ted got home from school at half-past four, and people came in and out. Minutes to yourself in a quiet house were precious and to be savoured for this reason. Rose lifted up the winter blankets, reached under the baby clothes, and felt about for her pillowcases and the tablecloth. She would not risk bringing them out to the light, just liked to feel the raised embroidery under her fingers and the smooth edges of the threadwork round the silky cotton. She wished she had some way of adding to them, or even of having a real drawer kept specially for those things. She pictured how the cloth would be on the tea table, laid with best china for a visitor, pillowcases puffed up, and gracing a wide bed. She was sixteen. Perhaps she would be married in two years, and that was not long in which to gather her linen together. Who is it to be, Rose? Her grandmother always asked. Jenny Keel has a couple of fine lads. But Rose would not be drawn, though she always shook her head at any mention of the keels. Norman and